what's up? Welcome to Bible Prophecy Talk. Today I wanted to talk a little about aliens and UFOs. They are definitely in the news again, and that's almost entirely due to a New York Times article um, called No Longer in the Shadows, Pentagon's UFO Unit Will Make Some Findings Public by Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Keen. Those names are, are actually important to this story. And really, this is a story. There is This is a deep, dark rabbit hole with a just a rogues gallery of liars and deceivers. And it's actually pretty interesting. It reminds me a lot of doing the research for Ancient Aliens Debunked, which is a uh, three-hour movie I did seven whatever years ago, where I spent the better part of, well, over a year researching the claims of ancient aliens. And every time I scratched a little bit, I found some schemer right behind it. And it was interesting because in some ways I'm open to a lot of these ideas. I'm open to there being not just uh, some weird government stuff out there, but some even supernatural stuff. I'm open uh, I'm open to a lot of this stuff. In fact, before I really started researching this, I was prepared to say that some of these videos were probably something either like that. Uh, but now I don't even think those videos are legit and we'll talk about why. What videos, I guess, am I talking about? So these videos, some of them, uh, one of them is called the Tic Tac video, like the candy Tic Tac, I guess is a mint. Th- those have been out for a while, a number of years actually. It, it supposedly shows, it's really grainy footage, three, three or so videos of these sort of infrared-ish videos in which a craft is flying around in weird ways. One of them has audio of these Navy pilots saying things like, wow, look, it's rotating and just being genuinely surprised at its at something it's doing or whatever. So, and then that kind of got compounded with the idea that the government said that they were real, that they were real things. So those two facts, look look at these videos of this craft flying around and the government admitting that those videos were real, that had been going on for what, 2017 or something like that. It's been around for a while. In fact, that's an interesting component. This New York Times article, there is not a shred of new information in this thing except for, well, we'll talk about some of the stuff that's going on with the Pentagon in a minute. But most of it is very old, old UFO lore stuff that these two authors are bringing up, which is something, by the way, they do apparently a lot. Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Keene, who wrote this article, have written a lot of articles basically promoting this uh, this one group, uh, Tom DeLonge's To the Stars Academy or something like that. Basically, it's the guy from Blink-182 started a UFO uh, ex- thing media company that basically puts out tv shows and and stuff that promotes uh, aliens under the guise of disclosure and look all the stuff we found but in lieu of not actually finding things what they're doing is buying and old stuff from like that linda moulton howe's been dragging around for 30 years and pretending it's a new thing but we'll talk about that in a minute but ralph blumenthal and leslie keen are no unbiased reporters by any stretch of the imagination i really and i'm going to link a lot of things in the uh in the in the podcast notes for this episode because there's a lot to look into and quite frankly i i'm not going to be doing something as exhaustive as i really wanted to with this podcast i'm kind of doing this because i'm too busy and i want to just get somebody else that has the time started to look into this and maybe produce some content that's easier to digest than this podcast certainly will be because the story is deep and dark and nasty and lies and everything so Ralph Blumenthal, Leslie Keene are very uh, into the uh, the uh, UFO world, 
and they are not unbiased. They literally have companies that are uh, promoting and taking you know donations for uh, a disclosure of UFOs and these kinds of things. They have always written, this is not their first rodeo in terms of writing an article that makes it sound like something interesting is happening. In some cases, just to promote a new show, like not even kind of trying to hide the fact that they're just promoting another show that comes on after uh, uh, Ancient Aliens or whatever. In fact, they have, they do seem to, and I would point you to Jason Colavito's blog, type in either of these names, Ralph Blumenthal, Leslie Keen, and you're going to see just post after post of Jason Colavito, who is, I think, in terms of this research, a national treasure. He he is the one place you can go to to find, just to, to quickly say about uh, UFO stuff, um, you can always find, cross-reference it with somebody that has refuted it or whatever. And I know that's not always true that, you know, there's lots of, you can go to Snopes and find a lot of quote unquote refutations that, that aren't really refutations, but you can usually read between the lines with that kind of stuff and say, I don't, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But generally speaking with UFO stuff, and again, I'm open to the idea, but it just always seems like it quickly falls apart. If you just have the, the just, just, extra five seconds to type in the word refuted or critique or debunked in addition to that keyword. Anyway, um, so these guys write this bad article. It was so clever in some ways because really they're taking these not new concepts and making it sound new. So let me give you some examples. First of all, they are including in this idea this the Tic Tac videos. So in this article, look at these crazy videos of these things flying around. The big thing about this article, though, was this claim that the Pentagon has is admitting that the, the materials of these, they make it sound like of the spacecraft in the videos, but of course it's not, um, that these materials are not made on this Earth. It sounds like, based on the way that they wrote this article, that the government is saying that, the, that they know and are admitting that the materials that they have recovered from spacecraft are not made on this earth. And that's the, the line that I heard quoted forever. And we're going to talk about the Pentagon program too, because that's a lie too. But uh, this is this what got me first. I was reading this quote, and the quote in the New York Times article is from Eric W. Davis. So that's that was the first place I started my research. Okay, Google Eric W. Davis. What is because it made his title sound a little weird. Like, is he does he work for the government or what's going on here? They just kind of obfuscated it just a little bit, but they definitely want you to think that he is working for the Pentagon. <laughs> but he is definitely not working for the Pentagon. This is a guy, as we're going to find out, all these guys work for Robert Bigelow. Robert Bigelow is a UFO buff who is a billionaire, uh, and he funded lots and lots of UFO people to do some pretty interesting things, as we'll get into later. But Eric W. Davis. So he's the guy, New York Times says, this guy says, these, this metal is not made from Earth. Number a couple of things I noticed right off the bat. This guy isn't. I mean, he's got a PhD, but his PhD is in like physics, and it seems like all his work has been done under the guise of like this Robert Bigelow stuff. Robert Bigelow funding him to do you know things that are very UFOy, like research warp drives, and so that's what his specialty is. I should sort of back up and say Robert Bigelow has this stable of scientists that he hired way way back in the day that he just gets to do UFOy kind of things. 
And he gets to say, look, scientists believe this because this guy has a PhD in an unrelated field. And that's exactly what's happening here. Eric W. Davis telling the New York Times this metal is not made on Earth. Eric W. Davis has no, not a shred of, uh, of specialty in metals. Actually, he's kind of quoting another Robert Bigelow stooge, Hal Putoff, or Putoff, I don't know, who another guy that works for in the same stable. And he's the guy that really usually goes on to all the conferences and the UFO shows and stuff and talks about this metal. So I don't know why they quoted Eric Davis instead of Hal Putoff, but whatever reason, Hal Putoff is the guy, but Hal Putoff also doesn't have any expertise in metals. So there's two guys, one guy that goes around all the UFO conferences saying that he's, you know, try, that this metal is two different types of metal and there's like a nanometer of, of thickness and we can't do that. You know, the same old thing that UFO people always say, we don't have the technology today to do this. So that's what Hal Putoff does. No expertise in metals. In fact, as far as I know, this metal, well, let's talk about the metal. So the metal is, um, we don't know where the metal came from. No, if you dig quick, quick, you know, you can actually read between the lines a little bit in the New York Times. Actually, I don't think you can in the New York Times article. It's not clear at all. The metal does not come from nobody knows where. In fact, it probably is metal that was originally sent to Art Bell way back in the day by a listener who then Linda Moulton Howe, who's, you know, if you ever listen to Art Bell, she's like the UFO lady got a hold of it and she was the one that sort of started the lore about these metal fragments everybody then nobody is saying it directly but it seems like everybody's just passing these these metal fragments to a different group and it looks like tom delong's uh, they're a big part of this story this guy from blink 182 started a, a, a very lucrative company media company about uh, making ufo videos and stuff and, and media and tv shows about disclosure uh, and it looks like they bought now this from Robert Bigelow, who had it and built this sort of supposedly built this uh, entire room for it and everything. Anyway, so the the issue with this stuff is it has no nobody knows where it came from. The, the, the story is that it came from I think originally they said it came from Roswell, but of course, nobody knows where it came from. So they're very, very hush hush on where it came from. It definitely didn't come from anything that the government dug up or anything else like that. It almost certainly came from Art Bell, as I said, and nobody really even tries to I mean, they do try. They try by not saying onto the, the weirdness of the metal. Let's talk a little bit about that before we go anywhere else. So with regard to the metal fragments, the things you need to know, first of all, is that no actual experienced metal scientist has ever uh, done a study on these things. Only UFO believers who will not let an actual scientist touch these things or an actual scientist with any experience in metal touch these things. Another thing you need to know about it is this is uh, coming from Jason Calavito in his uh, blog titled a potential solution to the mystery of the quote unquote alien metal promoted by to the stars by the way he wrote this in 2018 so this is nothing new uh at all but it's an incredibly detailed article i'm talking about this guy does some deep research in this anyway uh long story short he proposes and it seems absolutely this is what it is uh because the idea is that it has this bismuth and magnesium which is not something that you normally see and all this other stuff but it seems to be a byproduct of industrial waste, particularly a method called the Ber, uh, Betterton Kroll process, patented in 1938, 
which used a thin uh, crust layer of magnesium and bismuth, which is removed from the lead. Uh, when the magnesium is reused, new layers would reform. Basically, it's just slag. It's, it's, a, it's a byproduct of an industrial process. And that would explain basically all the so-called anomalies of this. And I'm sure that if an actual scientist ever touched this stuff, that's exactly what they would find. Uh, but it's exactly pretty much like the crystal skull. If you watch that segment of Ancient Aliens Debunked, if you can actually find it online because it is so shadow banned. But um, where the lady who had the crystal skull, like spent her whole life, she's what, 85 or was 85 at the time before. Finally, the guy, the guy that married her because she like when she was about dead or maybe she was dead, he took it to an actual scientist finally because she would never would do it her whole life. And the actual scientist was like, oh, yeah, this is fake. <laughs> you know, Spent her whole life going to UFO shows being like, this was found in the woods of whatever. And it has magical powers. And then finally, the guy who was unfortunately such a true believer that he married the lady, much, much older lady, takes it to a science, scientist because he believes it actually is real. And he finds out it isn't real. But that's basically probably what's happening here with this. May, not made on Earth, which... Uh, nobody in the field has actually confirmed. But like the article really wants people to believe, it's the government that has confirmed this, not some UFO uh, jockey hired by another UFO jockey. This is a this is the government saying these materials are not made from the this earth. For that, you have to thank these incredibly deceptive writers at the New York Times who who make sure that's what people think. So let's move on to this Pentagon project, the Pentagon UFO thing, because that is uh, another sort of a hinge of this article. And here, this kind of goes right back to Robert Bigelow and his uh, money. So Robert Bigelow, well, let me back up a little bit on Robert Bigelow so you can kind of get a sense of what he's doing. So I, I first came across him, I've heard his name for a while, but in this particular story with Eric W. Davis, the guy that I was trying to figure out who was saying this material wasn't from Earth. Well, Eric W. Davis I immediately went and listened to a podcast he was on with some UFO uh, uh, podcast where they interviewed Eric Davis. And, and he w started to talk about, you know, Robert Bigelow hiring him in the very early, early days. And Robert Bigelow was apparently just hiring scientists to do kind of UFO-y things, as I mentioned. Well, one of the first things that he had them do was go to a ranch in, I think, Las Vegas, I think. Anyway, it was called the Skinwalker Ranch. And apparently, this is a thing I hadn't been keeping up on, but apparently a lot of people know about it. The Skinwalker Ranch is now in UFO lore that's had like a whatever, another History Channel show. In fact, I think that's one of the things that these uh, hacks at the New York Times were promoting in another article. But uh, anyway, so the Skinwalker Ranch was basically the point is, if you want to look at it from a Christian perspective, it, it clearly some weird rituals were done there at some point, And there was some massive demonic presence there. Of course, they interpreted that as UFOs. And I mean, I wrote a book on sleep paralysis, sleep paralysis, what it is and how to stop it. We're basically the same kind of things people interpret as UFO phenomenon, an evil entity standing at the foot of your bed, appearing as whatever it wants to appear as, but it's always evil. Everybody says that in every single uh, account of it anyway so that kind of stuff was happening except it was a little more serious it was the kind of thing that you pretty much only see in a really serious ritual site lots of poltergeist activity anyway they go into this thinking it was ufo so this big all their their ufoologists with all their meters and stuff in the early 90s and they just have a lot of bad experiences it's interesting in the interview that i was listening to with eric davis the interviewer asked him about the phenomenon there because 
at the end of the day, they kind of all agreed that whatever it was, was like an interdimensional entity that was like, could read their minds or something. And it was very, what they sometimes called trickster, but everybody else just described as evil. Uh, and what was interesting, he asked Eric about the phenomenon seeming to surround him. Like it seemed to be focused on him. What did he think about that? And Eric was like, ah, oh, no big deal. I wasn't that scary, whatever. Kind of blew it off. So I thought it was weird. So I, I listened to some of the more, uh, the other people's accounts of the things that happened at the, uh, at the ranch. And apparently it did. It, it, at one point, Eric Davis was looking at this thing outside and this, this shadow thing possessed him. He says it took over his body and, you know, just basically was extremely bad situation. But, um, but in the interview, like I said, he just kind of blew it off. Like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's, you know, basically let's move on. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> anyway. So that's, that's the ranch. Bunch of demons running around. These guys running around thinking they're UFOs. And then they come come out with it thinking, oh, well, that was a really great UFO thing. It started to die down in the uh, 2000s, so they left on to other projects. Robert Bigelow started, among other things, an aerospace <laughs> industry, but he never stopped funding the UFO stuff. And that's kind of where this weird tie-in with the Blink-182 guy, Tom DeLong's uh, To The Stars Academy, which is primarily a media company but it's under the guise of hey give us money and we'll help with disclosure we're going to get the evidence to disclosure and basically what that means is i'm going to get the evidence to make a tv show out of it so we can make money but robert bigelow is tied in with them in a very interesting way a lot of, there's a lot of revolving door between whatever robert bigelow is doing with his quote unquote well they are scientists i shouldn't say quote unquote okay so let's move on to modern day and what is this Pentagon, uh, this Pentagon uh, thing? Robert Bigelow, who is a billionaire, funded uh, the campaign of Harry Reid and some others, but he gave a lot of money to Harry Reid's campaign. And how it works in Washington is that if you give a bunch of money, you get something, scratch your back, you scratch my back. What Harry Reid did for Bigelow was that he got them, uh, got the government to create this agency and then give a $10 million contract to Robert Bigelow. Okay. So Harry Reid creates this ostensibly, we're going to investigate aerial phenomenon. And then he gives the contract to Robert Bigelow who funded his campaign. That $10 million, what does the government get for the $10 million? Well, they get a bunch of papers most that that Robert Bigelow has with his science scientist stable, right? He has them writing papers about warp drives and and remote viewing and basically any new agey thing he can think of that sort of quasi touches science. Uh, and they sent him a bunch of this claptrap in paper form to the government. But the New York Times and basically they seized on that idea that that had some legitimacy. The government had created an agency and contracted with these people. So the government is looking into all this stuff and they're going to release all this stuff. And it's all just centered in on this thing. And I'm sure the people that gave the contracts were like, Oh gosh, no, he, he totally tricked us, you know, because now they're using this as a big PR thing. And so all these obvious UFO nuts, this Louis Elizondo, who is a part of the blink 182 to the stars thing that all the people quoted in that New York Times article, people keep 
quoting them as if they're government employees saying this UFO stuff. But they're just Robert Bigelow people who were subcontracted to write some stupid papers for the government that have no connection to the government other than that weird, stupid, scratch-my-back contract that's now being completely blown out of proportion. So this other guy, Luis Elizondo, he, he has more of a claim to the government, and he's always promoted as like a former Pentagon uh, researcher guy that used to research UFOs and now works for the Blink-182 guy. And he's sort of their, their guy that they really roll out and say, this guy is the guy who was once worked at, at the Pentagon. He doesn't look like a guy who once worked at the Pentagon. He looks like a UFO guy. But here's the thing about him is that I don't think anybody actually has any real concrete evidence that he did anything. So, and there's some articles that I'm going to point you to about him as well. So first, let's recap the New York Times article, first of all. The, the headline, again, is that the Pentagon has uh, UFO material. They're going to make some stuff public and the, the, the found material not made on this earth. What we know now is that Pentagon program was just sort of a thing that was created just to give Robert Bigelow $10 million. It had no really relevance to what the government was doing at all. This secondary thing, which was completely shoehorned into that about this material not being made on earth was never examined or none of this stuff was examined by anybody with any qualifications to determine if a metal was not made on earth. And as far as I know, nobody in their right mind who wants to continue this story will ever let somebody who does know about metal to actually examine the material. And the reason is, is because it's almost certainly industrial waste that was sent to Art Bell in the whatever 80s that Linda Moulton Howe drug around and finally sold to probably uh, Robert Bigelow, who then sold it to Tom DeLong. And everybody's just being so cagey about it. You know, this was recovered by U UFO sites and they don't have to prove that. But what they mean is that the guy who sent it into uh, to Art Bell uh, or Linda Moulton Howe or whoever uh, told them that it came from a UFO site, which of course is... A little suspect. All right, so let's talk about the Tic Tac video. So these came out a few years ago. They uh, had these uh, these uh, craft that were so, flying around and whatnot, and it really got promoted again by Tom DeLonge's UFO research company, and they're really the ones behind it. The guy really behind the Tic Tac videos is that Luis Elizondo guy. And he has this whole thing about these craft. He calls them like the five uh, observables or something like that. And they include things like, uh, if you can see this massive acceleration, that's an observable that you can see that this thing is moving that fast. Therefore it can't be a human, uh, thing and all this other stuff. And, and so that's where all this authority is coming from. This guy who supposedly tells everybody that he used to work for the government, him looking at these videos and saying, look, look how fast that thing, thing is moving. That's too many G's. People would die if they, if they did that. And again, I would be prepared and was prepared before I did this podcast to be like, well, I mean, clearly some other technology exists that we don't know about uh, or whatever. But I don't think I even have to do that. The first thing I would point you to is a YouTube video, which I just posted on my Twitter called Errors in the Nimitz UFO G-Force Analysis. Uh, this is the analysis used by this group to prove to everybody that G-Forces were just too much. But you can actually see that what they were doing is just increasing the zoom in the uh, uh, in the on the camera, which made it seem like it accelerated all of a sudden. I mean, it's very clear. Just watch this video; you'll see what that is. In fact, there was an agreement, a tentative agreement, in some kind of scenario where the guy admitted, "Okay, well, yeah, that that's that's probably what that is." 
But then the next day goes on Tucker Carlson and seems to forget that the Zoom thing was even a thing. So I'm just going to read some excerpts from a excellent article by Robert Schaefer called The Pentagon's UFOs, How a Multimedia Entertainment Company Created a UFO News Story on Skeptic.com, something I will also link in the description. So here are just a couple paragraphs from my notes that I thought were interesting. TTSA, which is the Tom DeLong to the Stars Academy, the Blink-182 thing, has, has claimed from its inception that the Pentagon released the three blurry infrared videos that they now ceaselessly show us. They claim to have, quote, chain of custody documentation for the videos, but nobody has ever seen this documentation. Elizondo recently released to George Knapp, a reporter friendly to the TTSA, and it seems to anybody else making UFO claims, a copy of a document purporting to show the video's release. But a careful analysis by John Greenwald, and by the way, John Greenwald of the Black Vault uh, is a UFO guy. He's been around from the very, very beginning. He was the guy that first started uh, and championed the idea of using FISA or what, what's the name for when you request a document? I, I can't think of it right now, but he's the guy that does all those documents. Anyway, the Black, uh, John Greenwald of the Black Vault shows beyond any doubt that the document does not prove what Elizondo claims it does. Greenwald notes, uh, we have no proof of any official Pentagon release, let alone what is being tout touted by the videos. Uh, let alone that what is being touted by the videos is even the same evidence connected to this uh, DD Form 1910. If we see a blatant disregard for the truth by Mr. Elizondo on display with this DD Form 1910, and we'll see the same disregard for, uh, for the truth by the To The Stars Academy, as they have touted documents proving a public release, how can we believe everything or anything else from the same resources? So their chain of custody about where they even got these videos is very, very suspicious, according to John Greenwald, who certainly would want to believe that these were uh, 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 genuine. I'm going to go over a few other of these observables about these videos from this uh, Luis Elizondo guy. We already talked about the first observable, which was the instantaneous acceleration, which we now know without a doubt is just a guy zooming in the camera or whoever's zooming in the camera to from one to two. Uh, but the second is in his presentation is hypersonic velocity. This typically refers to a speed of Mach 5 or greater. What Elizondo does not explain is exactly how and where this has been reportedly, this has been observed and how these alleged extreme velocities have been measured and confirmed. Unless you know the distance to an object, you cannot calculate its speed. Hypersonic velocity is an assumption, not an observation. And the claim has, been, has absolutely no credi credibility unless they can show exactly how it was calculated. At present, this is just an unsupported claim, not evidence. The third is low observability, otherwise presumably known as stealth, an assumption confirmed by his use of an image of the F-117 stealth bomber, quote, reduced cross-section, has indeed been part of the Defense Department's stealth strategy for decades, involving aircraft, cruise missiles, and even ships. Elizondo does not even attempt to demonstrate that stealthiness is an attribute designed into any supposed craft they have reportedly encountered. So he just sell, says it has low observability and doesn't give any reason why he would think that. The fourth is multi-medium travel. Uh, this is an object that supposedly operate in air, water, and even outer space. Uh, unfortunately, he gives no examples of this, so it's impossible to determine whether this is correct. One supposes that because of an unidentified object turned up on the radar or the FLIR, or anyway, so basically he goes through, and I, you could read this article, I will link this too, from badufos.blogspot. I want to continue to another interesting thing that I thought. This was about the radar situation. 
Um, and I'm not, re- I'm not really familiar enough with how the, the backstory of these, uh, these videos, but uh, this is a quote that I picked out. In other words, in 2004, the Nimitz Carrier Strike Group, which is where these UFOs were apparently uh, seen or videotaped or supposedly, got its radar upgrade and soon was reporting unidentified objects, including the Tic Tac in 2014-2015. Carrier Air Wing 1 got its radar upgrade and soon they too were reporting UFOs galore. But one could interpret this to mean that the radars had finally gotten power- powerful enough to detect the UFOs that had long been knocking about. But the more a more prudent interpretation is that the radars had gotten powerful enough to begin detecting birds, small balloons, insect clouds, ice crystals, windborne debris, and various other things found in the atmosphere. Arguing in favor of the latter interpretation is that these radars are apparently no longer detecting anomalous objects, which it itself is extremely significant. It suggests that in all likelihood, after being puzzled by anomalous objects appearing on the new radar, the operators finally figured out what was happening and no, are no longer troubled by anomalies. So again, while I am open to the idea that these guys really did see something, that these videos aren't fake, that it's a real deal, and there is some actual, I, some of this, uh, these articles talk about some of the pilots that were supposedly there and are really like, I don't think that any of that happened. And there's some other side of that story too in this. But, but all that to say, I think that um, I'm okay with some of that stuff in the videos being true. And I think it's a really fishy thing that they say that part of this lore is that these, these craft appeared for days and were constantly there all day or whatever. It's like, if that's true, they were there all day and it was like a big thing for three days, then how come all you got is three really ridiculously grainy video uh, <laughs> and that's what you got after three days of them being everywhere? Um, and even the video that we got is just crappy video. Could you not get a single better video than that? And it could be, if my understanding is maybe that's some sort of other camera, maybe not F 716 mounted or something. Maybe it's a part of the radar system that's locking. I don't know what it is. And maybe it's so far away that that's the best that they could get or something like that. But in that case, then it's not a very good, uh, it, it could be whatever, who knows what it could be. Um, Anyway, all that to say that I don't even think that that craft stuff is has any credibility or I even have to think about it being some uh, new technology somebody has. But I do believe that most of what's in this article will be quickly rejected by any actual news organization that wants to try to piggyback on it other than just sort of tangentially because they'll do what I did. They'll look at the guy who said this material is not from Earth. They'll be like, oh, this guy doesn't have any experience in metals at all and none of these people do and oh all these people are ufo guys hired by the same ufo guy and hey it looks like they just got a contract from the harry reed guy and now they're sending them 38 articles about wormholes and remote viewing and that's what they're calling pentagon contract this doesn't seem right but they keep calling these guys government employees but these guys are at best minimal contractors three steps removed and uh anyway so that's what I think is going to happen. Nobody's actually, but the, at the same time, you got people I've heard on on radio shows. Glenn Beck mentioned this and said, "Wow, we got aliens," and totally believed it, you know. And I'm sure there's other people out there that believe it too. And that's just how how we roll today is that you don't you can make these ridiculous claims and nothing has to be real. We live in a sea of lies, and this will just be part of it. And I think that in the Christian conspiracy. Uh, movement too. A lot of people are going to be prone to saying this. Uh, this just agrees with their sort of more fringy take on the UFO thing, of which I, admittedly, used to be a very, you know, a, a big proponent of. And I would say not to extreme. I still believe that, for example, 
the demonic, uh, like in this Skinwalker Ranch, for example, is almost certainly a demon or multiple demons or whatever that have been uh, given free reign. Major doors have been opened in a location. It's a rare thing for a location to actually be haunted like that by demonic entities, but usually it would be some major sacrifice place uh, and like maybe old school stuff where a lot of human sacrifice had been done. In fact, it was interesting in a little throwaway line that they, the part of the lore of this place is the people who sold it to the original people who made the place known said that you have to contact them. This is then the contract of buying the house. You have to contact us. If you ever dig on the site, you have to contact us before you dig, which is a weird thing to put in like, Hey, buy this ranch, but uh, make sure to call me if you ever want to dig anyway, weird. So my point is, is that I believe that, when a demon has that much uh, authority to actually make things move around and, uh, you know, do the, that kind of stuff, it can do a lot of other things. It can appear, as it, the Bible says, as an angel of light. It can appear as just about anything it wants if it has that big of a doorway. And it can appear as aliens. It can appear and do and move things around and do all kinds of stuff. Appear as lights in the sky, even. And as we, you know, with the, with the alien abduction phenomenon, which is sort of what got me interested in this, in the first place, when that first was being studied in the old, old days, the 70s and 80s, <laughs> uh, they found out, and I, I used to know the names and the name of everything here, but I don't anymore. But when they got everybody together in a room, these people that had claimed to have alien abductions and that were seemingly telling the truth, that weren't obviously lying, they noticed really quickly that they all sort of dressed in a very interesting way and whatever, and it quickly became obvious that they were all really into the occult. Anybody that had the kind of doors open in their life that we were able to actually be uh, not just sleep paralysis type instance, which is relatively minor version of this, but doors wide open enough to where they can appear and take them and mess with them and, and torture them and do all this other stuff, typically, uh, which is sort of the thesis of Sleep Prowl, the, the book that I wrote, is that you pretty much have to have some pretty wide open doors for that level of, of uh, deception and, and torture to happen. So they literally came up with a, a survey to have these people take I wish I could think of the name of it, but it basically was to measure how into the occult they were. <laughs> I mean, it was not a question that you would be into the occult if you were having these experiences, but, but like, to what degree are you into the occult? Um, there's a literal survey that they had to fill out in the early days of alien abduction study. And this is a secular alien abduction study. So all that to say, though it's rare, I think that demonic presence can pretend to be whatever you want it to be. In fact, in the sleep paralysis uh, research, I would find that it would it would basically appear to be whatever it could, generally speaking, if it wasn't just there to, to, to torment, if it was there to deceive and it had enough like door open to talk and stuff like that, it would it would do whatever it could to appear as if it was going to get them further into basically a non-Christian viewpoint. So it might appear as a, a, a relative or an Egyptian God was a common, you know, not necessarily Egyptian, but whatever the person was into or whatever. Uh, and that was an interesting thing. It would appear a lot of times into the sort of that person's paradigm and then sort of coax them about, you know, you are very special. You are very, uh, you know, basically it kind of came down to, you were very special. Only a few are like you. And, uh, basically in some kind of anti-Jesus message, even if they didn't mention Jesus directly, it was usually like, why don't you get more into the occult because you're so special is sort of a paraphrase of how uh, this would go. 
All that to say that, yes, I believe that the alien phenomenon is the demonic phenomenon when it, it manifests, especially in the alien abduction phenomenon, and even in the lights in the sky phenomenon to a lesser degree, because I do think that when, for example, in the ranch thing, they can't appear as lights in the sky with that big of a doorway. That being said, I think a lot of what people see with lights in the sky or craft or whatever is probably just military aircraft. And again, I don't have a major problem you know, with it either being aliens from another planet or uh, military stuff or demonic actual craft or something, but I just don't think so. I think some people take it too far and are like, Nephilim, spacecraft, and, you know, all this other stuff that I just, it's just too far in many situations. And at the at the end of the day, I think we've, we've seen a lot here, it doesn't need to be. Just always scratch the surface with the UFO stuff and more likely than not, you're going to see just regular old crappy deception just under the surface and i think that's what we're seeing here okay thank you for sitting through this if you did i sorry for the extra rambly uh, podcast and i will talk to you later